Daily prayer has been a part of the Christian tradition since its first days. In the Episcopal Church, our forms of daily prayer are found in our Book of Common Prayer, which descends from that of the Church of England. When we pray one of the forms of prayer, called offices, we pray with Christians around the world no matter what time we are doing so. Morning prayer is the central office, but it's always great to be prayed any time of day. Whether you're joining in at morning, evening, or even the next day, it's always a good time to pray. If you would like to follow along with the order of prayer, you can go to tuesday.frdavid.org for a Tuesday episode, or thursday.frdavid.org for a Thursday episode. There will be more information at the end of this podcast. Let's pray morning prayer together. Hi there, and welcome to Worship for August 10th, 2021. Uh, we're celebrating the feast day of Lawrence and Rome, deacon and martyr of two, in 258 AD. Um, once again, this is one that I'm pre-recording, uh, because tomorrow uh, is a day that I run the uh, Interfaith Conference of Greater Milwaukee, um, Greater Milwaukee's uh, Executive Committee as the chair of that organization. Um, so I will be with them in the morning, but uh, I'm now able to record these uh, ahead of time and uh, put them up so that you can uh, pray along with it uh, at the particular time. Let's take a minute and get prepared for worship. Send out your light and your truth that they may lead me, and bring me to your holy hill and to your dwelling. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Lord Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. Lord, open our lips, and our mouth shall proclaim your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Let's say the Venite together. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Come, let us adore him. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and raise a loud shout to him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Oh, that today you would hearken to his voice. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Come, let us adore him. Let us say together the psalm for today. Be joyful in the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness, and come before his presence with a song. Know this, the Lord himself is God. He himself has made us, and we are his. 
We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and call upon his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his faithfulness endures from age to age. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from the Gospel according to Mark. Jesus left that place and went beyond the Jordan and into the region of Judea. Crowds gathered around him again, and as usual, he taught them. Some Pharisees came, and trying to test him, they asked, Does the law allow a man to divorce his wife? Jesus answered, What did Moses command you? They said, Moses allowed a man to write a divorce certificate and to divorce his wife. Jesus said to them, He wrote this commandment for you because of your unyielding hearts. At the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Because of this, a man should leave his father and mother and be joined together with his wife, and the two will be one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, humans must not pull apart what God has put asunder. Inside the house, the disciples asked him again about this. He said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a wife divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. People were bringing children to Jesus so that he would bless them. But the disciples scolded them. When Jesus saw this, he grew angry and said to them, Allow the children to come to me. Don't forbid them, because God's kingdom belongs to people like these children. I assure you that whoever doesn't welcome God's kingdom like a child will never enter it. Then he hugged the children and blessed them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's say together the song of praise. Glory to you, Lord God of our fathers. You are worthy of praise. Glory to you. Glory to you for the radiance of your holy name. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you in the splendor of your temple. On the throne of your majesty, glory to you. Glory to you seated between the cherubim. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Glory to you beholding the depths. In the high vault of heaven, glory to you. Glory to you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We will praise you and highly exalt you forever. Well, beloved, today, uh, as my meditation, I'm going to read uh, the reading from uh, Lawrence of Rome and then do some commentary upon the gospel reading today. So uh, this is the reading from Lesser Feasts and Fasts uh, 2018 for Lawrence of Rome. Lawrence the deacon was martyred at Rome during a persecution initiated in 254 by the Emperor Valerian, aimed primarily at clergy and laity of the upper classes. Both of his parents, Orencio and Patentia, had been martyred earlier but he had been spared in the first wave of persecution and was subsequently ordained to the diaconate. On August 4th, 258, Pope Sixtus II and his seven deacons were apprehended in the Roman catacombs and summarily executed, except for the archdeacon Lawrence, who was martyred on the 10th. Ambrose relates a tradition that the prefect demanded information from Lawrence about the church's treasures, since as archdeacon he had the primary responsibility for distributing alms to the poor and needy. Lawrence asked for several days to gather all of the wealth together, during which time he worked quickly to give everything away to those in need. When the prefect again demanded the church's treasures, Lawrence pointed to the sick and poor and said, These are the treasures of the church. Lawrence is believed to have been roasted alive on a gridiron. According to legend, while being roasted, he cheerfully exclaimed, I am done on this side. Turn me over. So, 
the similarity between this and the gospel lesson, the thing that's, that's, that's going on here is the exercise of power. That's not readily apparent in the gospels. But one of the things that we have to understand is when this particular group of the Pharisees approaches Jesus, they are never coming to just ask a question. They don't just come to Jesus and start asking theological questions. There's always a context. They're trying to entrap Jesus every time, pretty much. So they're, they're, And there's a division in the Pharisees. You actually have some, some like individual Pharisees who seem to come to Jesus and, and ask some real questions and have real theological debates. But there's this subset of the Jewish leadership, um, uh, the leadership of Judea at the time, that is, is wanting to entrap Jesus because he's threatening their... Um, uh, their interests. And I want to make sure, make clear, once again, we have to be very careful when preaching this. We're not talking about the all Jews. We're not talking about the entire Jewish nation. We are talking about a specific subset of Jewish leadership here. And how are they trying to entrap Jesus? Where wh Where is this coming from? Well, the clue is where he is. He's out in the wilderness of, well, the wilderness of Judea. And the wilderness of Judea is where John the Baptist was preaching. And the reason John got into trouble was because he was preaching against the, the Romans puppet ruler, uh, Herod, uh, Herod, who had, um, who had married his brother's wife. Um, Herodias, his brother's wife, had divorced her husband Philip and then had married Herod. And this was a huge scandal. It was so against every Jewish sensibility at the time. Uh, and it was obviously a power play. It, ha it had a lot to do with, you know, only Herod could get away with that because he was king. Um, so that's the, that's the, the, what's going on here. The, um, the, the uh, Pharisees in question here aren't simply asking Jesus if it's okay to get divorced. They're specifically hoping to entrap him into speaking against Herod and they're thereby entrapping Jesus himself. And Jesus gives, uh, in, in that case, a pretty kind of noncommittal answer. Um, he says, uh, I'm going to go back to here. He does the whole thing about the beginning of creation. God made them male and female. Uh, they're no longer two but one flesh. Therefore, humans must not pull apart what God has put together. That's something we use in the marriage liturgy. Now, uh, so so he, he kind of avoids the trap by not answering the question directly. Uh, then when they're back in the house, the disciples ask him again about that, and he gives a more direct answer, but it's still tied to the original question. And we know that because he says, whoever divorces a wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if a wife divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery. Now, under Jewish law at the time, women can't divorce their husbands. The only woman who could do that was Herodias. So he's not, once again, he's speaking to the specific situation. He's, you know, they, they are asking once again, they know it's a trap and they're asking specifically about uh, Herod in this situation. And he's responding about that. Now, that doesn't mean that this has no bearing on modern divorce. And there are other passages we find in Matthew, um, uh, Jesus lays out some some conditions that divorce might be possible. Paul also does that in his letters. So it's 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 not an open and shut case just because of this one passage in John. But what he's laying forward is this idea that marriage is something that just isn't dissolved, you know, something that isn't just dissolved because somebody wants out of it. Uh, you have to understand that at this time, 
marriage is largely a property transaction. It's, it's an alliance between families. Uh, when a man divorces a woman, because that's the only option, unless you happen to be Herodias, uh, when a man divorces a woman, it's often for material gain. You found another wife who is, has more money. Uh, and, or is, has a better standing in the community, and you'd rather be allied with their their family. So you issue a writ of divorce, and this quite often means ruin uh, for the woman and any children she has, uh, either by that or by a previous marriage uh, where where the person died, but where the spouse died. This means ruin for people, and, and put that into context with what's going on after uh, words. You know, after we get through this whole divorce discussion, the whole thing about children. You know, children have a different value to the Romans than they do to us. Um, the Romans see children as having value and they love them. I would never, never say they don't, but they also don't see them in kind of this special class that we do as people who need to be protected and nurtured. Uh, they're basically just small humans that have the same, many of the same expectations laid on them as adults. Jesus is pushing in a different direction. He's, he's, he's saying, their simplicity, you know, the way that children encounter the world is not a disadvantage. It's the way that you're supposed to encounter the kingdom of God. And so the way that the, um, the that Herod and many of the other people who are pursuing divorce at the time are, are, are going through this is directly against that idea. It's, it's for material gain. It's a, it's a, a way, a way to, uh, to kind of plow through people and 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 forget all that and simply move forward for your own gain. Um, there is no question that divorce uh, is 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 a difficult thing. Uh, there also is no question that um, uh, that you know as as I often tell people when when I'm doing counseling, the um, getting divorced doesn't mean uh, especially if you have children. It certainly does not mean you have nothing left to do with that person. And in some ways, once you're married, and especially if there are children involved, that person is going to be involved in your life for the rest of your life. There is an, a, a bond that is built there that simply cannot be taken away and is going to come back uh, and be part of that relationship over and over, um, no matter when you get divorced or how you go about doing that. Um, so, uh, but on the other hand, I think it's pretty clear that, that Jesus wouldn't want somebody to stay in a, a relationship that is abusive just simply because of some reading of this particular passage of John kind of ignoring the stuff from Matthew or from 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 Paul. Um, you know, it's it's one of those those areas that is still a little bit gray, uh, despite reading this here, uh, because this is specifically in a context that is talking about King Herod. And what we draw forward from that is this kind of beautiful thing that Jesus talks about when he's talking to the Pharisees, that in the beginning, uh, God created us for a relationship. We're created for a relationship. We form those relationships. And when we form those relationships, we're no longer the same person we were uh, when we were two separate people. And that's really kind of the commonality of that and the destruction of that relationship, uh, whether it's something, whether it's uh, like intentional for gain in the way that we have in the in in implied in the gospel today, or whether it's just simply because the relationship has died, or whether it's for really good reason, it always causes pain. There, there's always pain involved in it. Uh, it's never just a moral neutral. Uh, there's always lots and lots of trauma involved and 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 things like that. So. Um, what Jesus is trying to do here is to make people say, is to say to people, stop. 
think about what you're doing. It's not just, you know, Moses gave you a way to do this, but that doesn't mean it's a good thing. Think, uh, because it's not the original intention of God for relationships to be shattered. Amen. Let's continue with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O Lord, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. Lord, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O Lord, be forgotten nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. Almighty God, by whose grace and power your servant Lawrence triumphed over suffering and despised death, grant that we may be steadfast in service to the poor and outcast, and may share with him in the joys of your everlasting kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom, defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified, receive our supplications and prayers which we offer before you for all members of your holy church that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. In our parish prayer list, we pray for those at home and in assisted care. Barb, Christine, Jim, Joyce, Linda, Louise, Mayjean, Marin, Sandy, and Tina. For those in particular need, Bill, Carol, Catherine, Chad, Chris, Dave, Diane, Ed, Emmy, Frank, Grayson, Jan, Jean, Jenny, Jesse, Jerry, Jewel, Joni, Judy, Keith, Kelsey, Marilyn, Mary, Max, Nancy, Patricia, Richard, Robbie, Rose, Stuart, Sue, Tanya, Zach, and Zara. For those in the armed forces, especially Aaron, Ashley, Bailey, Brian, Jessica, Mitch, and Todd. In the Anglican Communion, we pray for the Church of South India. In the Diocesan Cycle of Prayer, we pray for St. Paul's and Ashapon. Among the Association of Waukesha Congregations, we pray for the Christ the Servant Lutheran Church. For those religious who live the vowed life, 
the Order of Julian of Norwich, the Sisters of St. Mary, and the Community of the Transfiguration. We pray for a continuation of the ceasefire in the Holy Land, and that a solution may be found to a just and lasting peace. We pray for all those suffering from COVID-19. We ask for strength during this pandemic, protection for our essential workers, and resolve to do those things which will bring it to a conclusion. We pray for the wisdom to discern the measures we require to achieve a just peace in our society and for the strength to take them. I bid your prayers and intercessions at this time. Let's say together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you, and you have promised the old beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together in his name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O Lord, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining us for prayer. Uh, whatever time you're joining us uh, for this particular prayer, prayer is always good any time of the day. Um, as we continue to struggle uh, with the COVID-19 uh, uh, pandemic, particularly the Delta variant, um, as it becomes um, more of a problem for children, um, ask you to continue to do everything you can to help stop the spread of it, uh, which includes talking to your primary care doctor about vaccination if you have not already gotten a vaccination, um, and um, wearing a mask when you're indoors in public. Um, we'll be back on Thursday. Uh, until we see you again, God bless. This has been a production of St. Matthias Episcopal Church in Waukesha, Wisconsin. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find more information on how to contact us at our website at http www.stmatthiasonline.org. That's www.stmatthiasonline.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.